1: This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails.
2: What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show.
1: Happy hour here on The Guy Benson Show. We are back. I saw this. The Social Security Administration has released the list of the top 10 most popular girls and boys names. In America for babies born in 2021. And my first reaction, of course, is how dare they assume the gender of these children? But setting that stupidity aside, let me give you the top 10 boys and girls' names in 2021. So these are definitely pandemic babies, by the way. Let's start with boys number 10, Theodore. Number nine, Henry. Number eight, Lucas. Number seven, Benjamin. Number six, William. Number five, James. Number four, Elijah. Number three, Oliver. Number two, Noah. And the number one boy's name in 2021 in America, Liam. The top ten for girls. Number ten, Harper. Nine, Evelyn, which I think that's making a comeback. Evelyn's like an older generation name, but this is what happens. They rotate through. And names come back. So Evelyn is back, apparently. Number eight, Mia. Number seven, Isabella. Number six is Sophia. Five, Ava. Four, Amelia. Three, Charlotte. Two is Emma. And the number one girl's name last year in the United States, Olivia. And it's interesting because the top two girls' names, Emma and Olivia, my cousin's name is Emma. My sister's name is Olivia. And my brother is James, which is top five on the boys' side. But those were not top names when they were named those things. Like, Olivia was not a super popular name back in the 90s when my sister was born. I've told the story before, that people say, oh, Olivia Benson, that's the character on Law & Order, SVU. Was she named after that character? No. My parents did not name their daughter after a sex crimes detective. But James, Olivia, and Emma, some of the top names in the country, and I guess that checks out in my family, although, again, they're all in their 20s and 30s now. So some names just have lasting power, and some of them come in cycles. I'm always curious to see these names. And that's the list for 2021. Home stretch. Monday edition here on the Guy Benson show. Major, major thanks to the Salem Broadcast Company, which is actually my employer over on the townhall.com side, but Salem has a huge radio company with a massive presence and affiliates all over the place. My mentor and friend, Hugh Hewitt, is a Salem guy. And I've been broadcasting from their headquarters here in Camarillo. They've been incredibly welcoming and accommodating. And so thank you to Salem Media for hosting me today. It's cool to be at headquarters of the company. I've actually worked for Salem for my entire career, starting in 2008. On the radio side for a while, then on the online side, so townhall.com. So it was great to catch up with some old friends, including someone who now runs the company as CEO And uh, just here in one of their studios today, it's been a cool experience. Back in L.A. for tomorrow's show, I'm joining Shannon Bream on TV tonight, sometime in the midnight hour, Eastern Time. So in the 9 p.m. hour out here, Pacific Time. So check your listings for that, maybe set your DVR, and uh, we'll see. If the news cycle changes, maybe I'll get bumped, but I'm scheduled to be on Fox News at night this evening. Well, the weekend here in Southern California was great. This is the thing about Southern California. I don't come here very often, maybe every few years. And when I get here, I'm reminded why a lot of people do want to live in Southern California, in the state of California. Despite all the political problems and other issues like crime, et cetera, the weather is really just great for the most part. The traffic, however, is not. So there are trade-offs anywhere you want to live, and there are some big trade-offs, I would say, down here. But we had a great weekend. On Saturday, we were heading from my aunt and uncle's house, which is where we stayed for a couple nights. It was great to see them, to our hotel in Beverly Hills. So I had a speaking engagement last night, put us up in a nice hotel, type of place I would never be able to stay myself or afford. And they had a great rooftop pool, so we hung out there a little bit. On Saturday, we went out for dinner, and a buddy of ours, Michael, and thanks to him, he's super connected in L.A. He knows everyone, so he said, let me see if I can get you a reservation a few places, and he worked his magic, and voila. We started the evening, had a little bit of sushi at a great place, and then we walked to West Hollywood, got a drink at this sort of cute little trendy bar and restaurant, and then we got a reservation at Craig's in West Hollywood, which is apparently a big hot spot. And people go there to be seen and to see stars and that sort of thing. It is definitely a vibe at Craig's. It is a whole scene. And it was packed. And everyone, this is a very L.A. thing. Everyone's like, ooh, how did you get a reservation at Craig's? Like, oh, just my friend got it. And apparently this is a very impressive feat that he pulled off. I think I texted him on Thursday and he got us in at peak dinner time on Saturday at Craig's, and people were all ooing and eyeing about that. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, that, that's just not really the type of thing that matters that much to me. The food was good. We had chicken parm, apparently, one of the things that you should get when you're there. We split the chicken parm, had a little salad. It was nice. And two tables down from us, and I guess this is sort of the appeal of Craig's, Russell Wilson was hanging out with two guys and having his dinner, and that that's a pretty big name, and at one point, he got up to leave, and he walked out the front door, and there was just an explosion of flashbulbs, because so I guess the paparazzi just sort of parks itself right outside the restaurant, and as people come and go, I guess prominent folks eat at Craig's, and so Russell Wilson was photographed several times, it would seem. On Saturday night, you know there weren't so many light bulb flashes for me. When we left dinner, maybe I just missed it. Maybe I was just feeling good from the wine and I just uh, ignored all of the cat calls from the paparazzi. Or maybe they just aren't, you know, Fox viewers. They don't recognize me from Gutfeld or whatever. (laughs) So it was a very uh, LA experience. I would say It it was kind of fun. The weather was lovely. We walked. Apparently, this is a safe area where you can walk even in the evening, unlike an increasing footprint in Southern California, which is sad. Actually, on Friday afternoon, we were driving down to Redondo Beach with my uncle, and there were people sort of near this town square holding signs, pushing for the recall of the district attorney in Los Angeles County. Gascon is his name. He's one of these basically pro-crime DAs. And it's gotten really bad here. So there's an upcoming recall, as we mentioned at the top of the show, in San Francisco. Gascon, as we talked about also, he might be next. Because there's a lot of people who are displeased with what's going on. And it's not just right-wing Republicans. And there are a fair number of conservatives out here. They're outnumbered. But it's still such a huge state. There are millions and millions of conservatives in the state of California and my Uber driver this morning actually coming to Camarillo from L.A., he was sort of catching some of my phone call that I had planning the show with Wyatt and Dan because Christine's on vacation. More on that in a second. And he was like, oh, I didn't mean to eavesdrop, but started to me some questions, and he's like a Fox Nation subscriber. He's a conservative guy. He's like, look, I'm out here because of my wife's job. I don't like the politics, but there's a lot of us out here, so don't write us off completely, and I think that's fair. Can you imagine the frustration you must feel to be a California conservative just year after year of getting beaten down by the government here? That isn't just bad. They are actively punitive. Like the government of California hates you if you're conservative, especially if you're successful. And they don't really make much of a secret of trying to kind of punish you. And let it be known through their government policies that you're not really terribly welcome here. Kind of persona non grata. Now, we'll take your taxes, of course. Thank you very much. Give us that money. But we don't really like you. That's the that's the sense that I get. That conservatives have to deal with day in, day out in the state of California. Where the voters just decided, what, a few months ago, yes, Gavin Newsom, let's get more of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. But we salute you. Like Keep the faith out here. Now, last evening, the whole purpose of this trip is there's a wonderful woman named Tammy who hosts these occasional dinners in her private residence, like salon dinners, where they have you know, beautiful catering and wine and all this stuff, and you mingle, and then there's a guest speaker— who speaks for about half an hour. Then there's Q&A and there's dessert and coffee. and, And that's the evening. It's typically on Sundays. And I was very blessed and honored to be the speaker last night. I'd actually done one of these before at her home eight years ago. I can't believe it's been eight years. So we talked about my border trip. I gave them some insights there. We talked about the upcoming midterm elections. It was an absolute blast. Adam came along as well. They could not have been any nicer. So thank you, Tammy, for that experience and just the house guests. There were probably 30 people there. An intimate experience. It was really fun. And they had this huge welcome sign. I posted it on my Instagram story, at Guy P. Benson. Like this big cutout of Ronald Reagan and my name. This is cool. They had a whole bed of roses that were red, white, and blue, and they formed an American flag. I mean, it was elaborate. So that's why I'm out here, and that was Really a lot of fun. I've been trying to stay kind of on East Coast time, succeeding only partially, I would say. And because of the time difference, I'm a little bit groggy and therefore not quite as sharp as I typically would be, but I'm still on high alert, looking over my shoulder at all times. For one producer, Christine, who is on vacation this week, coincidentally out here in Southern California, and she's been threatening to basically track me down, and join, whether I want it or not, my social gatherings. And so far, no sign of Cookie. But knowing her, I mean, she could be waiting for me outside. Like, my nightmare is I'm going to hop in an Uber, and it's going to be a familiar voice from the front. Where to? And he will turn around with that smile of hers. The be producer Christine, and she'll lock the doors, and it'll be childproof, like the child locked in the back, and I'll be just stuck wherever she's going to take me. So I have, like, a a secret code that I will text Wyatt if I'm in trouble, if Christine finds me here in Southern California. It's a very big place, but she is relentless. She's very crafty. She's resourceful. So (laughs) we'll keep you posted. I'm here for a couple more days. Tonight with Shannon Bream, Fox News at Night, midnight hour on Fox News Channel, a bit earlier out here. That's the advantage of Pacific Time. Back here tomorrow from L.A. on The Guy Benson Show same time, same place as always. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful evening. Home stretch on the Guy Benson show from LA, guybensonshow.com. Podcast is free every day. That whole interview with Dr. Burke for example will be there along with the rest of the show. No charge. On Demand for You. GuideBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcast.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also tonight on Kennedy, I'll be joining the great lady and her panel. That's in the 7 p.m. hour Eastern Time on Fox Business Network a little bit later on tonight. So here is a story that is kind of a nightmare. If you're a fan of burgers or steak, FoxNews.com has the write-up, A Single Tick bite could cause a life-threatening meat allergy for the rest of your life. This according to a report. I love this sub-headline, by the way. If you find a tick on your skin, the CDC advises to remove it immediately. Oh, thanks for that. I was going to let it sort of hunker down. <laughs> it's like, yeah. If You see a tick, which are disgusting, by the way. Little mini tanks of disease. You want that thing off of your dog. You want it off of you. In any case... The story begins like this. Have you ever eaten steak at dinner time and then developed hives at midnight? As tick season kicks into gear, it's a good idea to know about a potentially life-threatening food allergy called alpha gall syndrome that may occur after certain tick bites, especially from the Lone Star tick, according to CDC. And so I guess based on this report and what they've determined is if someone is bitten by this tick in particular, especially if they're bitten multiple times, they then develop a severe allergy to red meat based on the various sort of chemicals and antibodies at play. And look, I am someone who enjoys a wide array of proteins. I love seafood. I love sushi. I like poultry, right? Pork. You go down the list. I'm generally in favor of all of it. And I think I would probably be okay going for a while without red meat. I could probably cut down on red meat a little bit. Probably good for my health in general. But sometimes you just want a burger. Or you just want a perfectly prepared medium-rare steak. And my life would be less enjoyable if I suddenly developed this allergy based on a tick bite. And, Wyatt, were you telling me that this tick has been discovered in Washington, D.C., and the surrounding area, so this is something that I actually need to worry about?
3: Yes, Guy. This this tick has now been spotted, according to the Washington Post, in D.C.
1: Ugh. I mean, I hate insects in general. I especially hate ticks. This is, like, next-level paranoia now for me because, sure, you don't want to get Lyme disease— but I want to protect my ability to eat red meat for the rest of my life. And, Wyatt, you do a lot of burgers, right? This would be, I feel like, uh, massively disruptive to your diet if this were to happen to you.
3: Yes. This, uh, I, this would be extremely hard to have to deal with. And so I think I'm going to go to the store and get, like, nice bug spray. So whenever I'm out, because it's starting to get nice here in D.C., mm-hmm. you just you never know.
1: Does bug spray work against ticks? I don't even know. And it's a good thing that Christine, by the way, producer Christine's on vacation, because if she heard about this, I think she would immediately, like, wrap herself in cellophane. Right? She'd become bubble boy, basically. She might not even go outside. Because she tends to perhaps overreact to things from time to time, if not all the time. Maybe if I bump into her on the street here in L.A., this is where she happens to be vacationing as well, I could just tell her about this. Hey, there's this tick, and if you get bitten, you can't eat red meat for the rest of your life or you might die. Have a nice vacation. Bye-bye. That wouldn't be nice of me. Now, Dan, this could be obviously disappointing if this were to happen to you, but are you eating less meat already because of your significant other? Did I understand that correctly?
2: Yeah, so I used to love steak. I would do it probably once a week, which is kind of pretty bad for you. Um, but now my girlfriend is vegetarian, so we eat a lot less red meat, or I specifically eat a lot less red meat. Um, but i got to say, I still eat red meat burgers and steak on occasion. And I think if I got bit by the tick, I might just push through and just go to the ER.
1: You just go for it <laughs> and every just time. Go, just like...
2: go for it and have the car ready to go to the ER, and I'm going. You know? It's
1: like, oh, it's you again. Yeah, it's steak, worth it. Steak night again, Dan? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, they should become a regular at the ER Now, you said she's a vegetarian, like full-blown vegetarian, or does she do some fish at all or any chicken, or is it no sort of no animals at all?
2: Pescatarian, so she does eat fish, which is good. Like what salmon, fillets, trout, stuff like that.
1: To me, that would be a lot more doable than vegetarian, and like vegan's not even on the menu, like no chance for me, none. Vegetarian would be brutal and unpleasant enough pescatarian I could probably do if I needed to I just like having a broader menu let's put it that way so keep an eye out for the ticks especially that lone star tick I'm not sure if they're out here in Southern California I'm actually going for seafood tonight anyway in any case back here tomorrow one last show in LA from the Fox News Bureau tomorrow we will talk to you then same time same place on the Guy Benson show Home stretch on today's Guy Benson show from Los Angeles. I'm actually heading to the airport LAX after the show. Hop on a plane, come home. I might try to actually squeeze in a quick pit stop at In-N-Out Burger. I did the Whataburger thing in Texas. We had a big conversation about In-N-Out. I haven't had it in quite some time, and I haven't squeezed it in yet on this trip. And I can't be in California for six days and not get an In-N-Out burger. So that's the goal here. Hopefully I can just get that on my way to the airport. I should have enough time. We'll see. I will report back, obviously. It is The Guy Benson Show, and you can get our podcast every day for free. It's on demand, GuyBensonShow.com. So I saw this tweet. It comes from Echelon Insight, which is a pollster that I pay attention to. One of my friends, Kristen Soltis Anderson, works... At Echelon. She's one of the partners there. And they actually did an interesting survey of the American people and their favorite television shows. And then they mapped the TV shows on a graph based on people's politics. So the X axis on this graph is more Democratic to more Republican. And they have the names of the shows sort of darker blue all the way to darker red and then purple in the middle. And the Y-axis is higher turnout or lower turnout, meaning people who are more or less likely to actually turn up and vote on Election Day. And I'm looking at these results, and a few things stand out to me. Number one, they don't apply to me at all because I would definitely be on the more GOP spectrum and also on the high turnout spectrum. I lean Republican, I am a conservative, and I vote basically every time. And so based on that, two of the shows that I like the best are actually aligned with high-turnout Democratic voters, namely Law & Order. I like the original personally better than some of the spinoffs, and they have rebooted the original, which I'm happy about. And then The Great British Baking Show, which I love, and it's completely delightful. There's no drama. It just makes me happy. It's in some meadow in the English countryside, and they're all very kind to each other and have cute little accents, and they make cookies and bread and that kind of thing. And I guess that is a big popular favorite among high-propensity Democratic voters, which I am not. With Law & Order, it looks like Law & Order is the farthest left, although even a little bit farther left is Breaking Bad, another show that I really like. Breaking Bad, I did not watch it while it was on the air. I binge-watched the entire thing after it ended. And boy, was that quite a ride, that show. With Bryan Cranston, who's fantastic. The whole show's, I mean, if you can handle some pretty intense violence, that show is a masterpiece. Now, the Breaking Bad audience, apparently, is a little bit more inclined to stay home on Election Day. It's a lower turnout group. The lowest turnout group which is also a Democratic lean, is people who watch a show called Euphoria, which I don't watch. I think it might be like LGBT-related. I don't watch it. I know some of my friends watch it, and it's a very lefty show among people who don't really vote very much. Now, as you get closer to the center of the spectrum, you start to get shows like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, still a little bit left-leaning, but kind of in the center. Same with Stranger Things, Ted Lasso is there. seems like Ted Lasso is a show that is watched by high-turnout individuals on both sides. People who vote love watching Ted Lasso. And we do like Ted Lasso in our house, although we did sort of drop off midway through the second season. We have to finish it. The Crown is right in that neck of the woods with Ted Lasso as well. Then you've got sort of right down the middle the Purple shows. There's only a few of them. They are Heartland which I had never heard of until I saw my mother apparently is a big fan of Heartland. She was watching it when she was staying at our house recently. Ozark, which I watched a little bit of. Jason Bateman, I think Laura Linney's in that show. I know it's got a huge following. I watched the first season and couldn't get into it, even though it's kind of like up my alley. For whatever reason, it didn't do it for me. But Ozark is a purple show. Manifest is another one of those purple shows where it splits the audience blue and red. And then what's interesting is the highest propensity purple show in terms of highest turnout voters splitting exactly red and blue is Bridgerton, which kind of checks out. Based on my friends who watch Bridgerton, they are very ideologically diverse, and they are definitely gung-ho voters. So Bridgerton and Ozark are the real uniting shows, and then you get onto the right side of the spectrum. And there aren't that many shows, at least the ones that were polled by Echelon, that are clearly more enjoyed and more highly viewed by Team Red and more Republican-leaning voters. One of them is NCIS on CBS. That is a big one. That's a very popular show in general. It's one of the most popular shows in the country. And it attracts a more Red-leaning audience. Then you get further out. Further conservative out on the right, and you've got Yellowstone, Kevin Costner, Montana. In my interview, when was that, last month, month and a half ago with Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida, I asked him towards the end of the interview, what do you do for fun? How do you kick back? Do you have any shows that you binge watch? And the only one that he raised that he brought up off the top of his head was Yellowstone. And apparently that is very, very popular among conservatives out there. I should watch it. Someone was pitching me on it yesterday about why it's good. Actually, my friend that I went to dinner with, Teresa, she's like, oh, it's awesome for all these reasons. So I might need to get into Yellowstone. I'll give it a shot. And then last but not least, there's a little red dot all the way up in the upper right-hand corner of this matrix. So this would be the most conservative, highest turnout show if it were a show. But it's actually a little red dot that says – None of these shows. Quote, voters who watch none of the shows tested or polled are among the highest turnout voters. So I guess people who are super into politics and very conservative, probably a lot of you, the shows that I just mentioned aren't really on your radar. You don't watch any of them. The Crown's in there, Handmaid's Tale, This Is Us, Parks and Rec, Game of Thrones, Criminal Minds s creek succession the office squid game Grey's anatomy and lucifer those are some of the other shows that i had not mentioned they're all sort of left-leaning the ones that i just mentioned if you don't identify with any of the tv programs that we've just run through you are probably a very high propensity very conservative voter and i wonder what the causal effect is there what are those people watching aside, of course from Fox News Channel, which we always appreciate. People are like, oh, I have Fox on my TV all day long. And I always say, thank you very much. I've probably invaded your living room or kitchen from time to time then. But as a consumer of television, and I think we're sort of in something of a golden age of television, I was immediately intrigued by this poll. And obviously, I am not exactly in the mainstream of conservatives when it comes to their tastes in television. But that's okay. I was sort of fascinated by it, and I wanted to share it with all of you. And I tweeted about it the other day, so you can go find it in my feed if you want, at Guy P. Benson on Twitter. That's also my handle on Instagram, Guy P. Benson. And here at the show, it's at Guy Benson Show on both platforms. Well, I've got to catch a ride to LAX. To head home, we'll be doing the show back from the home base in D.C. tomorrow and Friday. We will talk to you then. Have a great evening. Thank you for listening to the Guy Benson show. Bienvenidos to the home stretch on the Guy Benson show on this Thursday, Friday eve. Glad to have you all along. Podcast free of charge on demand every day guybensonshow.com, FoxNewsPodcast.com, and wherever you get your podcast. Well, this week you may have noticed that as I've been doing the show out from Los Angeles and Southern California, Our home stretches have lacked a certain personality, a certain voice, and that is, of course, C. Diddy, Cookie Christine, our producer, because she's on vacation this week, coincidentally also in Southern California. I'm now safely back on the East Coast. She remains aimlessly wandering in Southern California, perhaps still looking for me because she was hoping that we might meet up. And you know what? Our paths didn't cross for whatever reason, and the vacation continues for Christine And normally we don't want to bother her while she's away with her family and just having fun and relaxing, but she almost insisted today because it's a very important day in her life. It is Cinco de Mayo, and it's actually not really that big of a holiday in Mexico. It's not even a national holiday or a a day that people get off in Mexico. It's become almost not a fake holiday, but something that is mostly disproportionately celebrated by People in the United States, many times white people, who just want an excuse to drink, and that just sounds like a certain someone that we all know and love here at the show. So joining us from California on her vacation, so I give her credit for that, is producer Christine Christine Felice Cinco de Mayo. Hola. Oh boy. Let's okay, let's stop right there. We're gonna I think we've come so close already to being offensive. So we're just gonna speak in English now, Christine. How is the vacation going?
0: Um, The vacation is going very well. I have not had my uh, margarita yet today. I figured I would go on air first and then I'll, you know, pour the drinks. But uh, yeah, no, L.A. is good. Um, I'm sure you're not surprised by this, but I think I'm more of an East Coast kind of gal. I kind of feel like I stand out a little bit here.
1: Well, you stand out anywhere for various reasons. But, yeah, you kind of stick out like a sore thumb on the West Coast to a certain extent. But the one thing I will say, having been there for days, the weather really is very good.
0: Oh, it truly is um, unbelievable. We're at the pool right now. I just came up to the room to to call in. But, um, I mean— I was worried about the weather because it kept saying low 70s. I'm like, that doesn't seem like cool weather. But, boy, is the sun very different in Southern California uh, compared to, say,
1: New Jersey, northern New Jersey.
0: But, no, oh, it's it the is same. It is, it is, is the same sun. It it's a little different here. Don't, maybe it's hits a
1: little, little different. different. Okay, but. that's fair. What have you done to enjoy oh. sort of the, the lay of the land out in Southern California? I'm very Eager I, now, I'm like curious guy here. What have you been up to?
0: So we went to Universal Studios, but we just did City Walk because uh, my husband was working, so we didn't want to, you know, do Universal itself. We may do that tomorrow. Uh, we took it's really took fun. T- Is it? Yeah. I'm 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 hoping we're we're thinking about it. Let, I'm going to ask you. You're going to pick what we're doing tomorrow. But I took her to the Santa Monica Pier. I okay. um, did the rides there, and then I took her over to Venice. That was probably a mistake because Megan has a lot of questions about certain smells that were coming from Venice. If you know what I mean, people like I do. to partake in yes. uh, in certain activities there.
1: Yes, they're very, uh, and, very laid back there, and very hungry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> very. So, and she didn't really love the vibe there. Granted, she's nine years old. Uh, And we we did a lot of touring. We took the TMZ uh, Hollywood tour. And Ah. I know you're not going to be surprised by this, but they literally said the guide said I would be perfect, like to move there and be a, a tour guide, a bus guide.
1: Like for you to tell everyone this is who lives here and sort of dishing on the celebrities and doing all the gossip stuff. 100%
0: 100% I was basically doing it for him. He didn't really seem to know a lot. So, like, we would pass certain restaurants from the housewives, <laughs> and I would get up and, like, then he finally just said, why don't you just put the headset on? So then I would, you know, give, you know, <laughs> things out. Uh, I did a, a prize grab for them. Megan was kind of a little embarrassed. You
1: took because, over the tour?
0: Yeah, I wish. She didn't take any pictures, and Bobby wasn't with me. I'm so upset. But I gave out a T-shirt. Uh, I did a... um like uh, we passed a restaurant, and because I said to the guy, the driver, I'm like, "Where are we coming up to?" And he told me, and I'm like, "Oh, I know who owns this." So I did like, "Who owns this?" And if anybody knew it, I gave a T-shirt out. Um, yeah, they people were coming up to me after. One guy asked to take a picture with me.
1: That's amazing. I mean, was, did you give him Megan your with, Twitter handle? And, like at Cookies Jar it, 1988, at, he can follow. He can follow you forever now.
0: Well, they did ask me – they asked me to sign a release because um, they do take video footage on the bus, and then they said they, that they call me and we could do a Skype or something. But I declined because I assumed the people that I work for wouldn't be okay with that.
1: <laughs> so well,
0: I, mean, I, I did not sign the release form.
1: You for, go to uh, L.A. Go for like four up. days, and you become a big Hollywood star, Christine. It's It's amazing. Have you eaten anywhere good? I know you were looking at some Ooh, of the places yes. I dined. I was at Craig's. I was at Catch. Those were really fun experiences.
0: So it is very strange, Guy. The night that you went to Catch, we were looking on Open Table, and we were thinking about going to Catch. But I don't know if I ever told you this. I got kicked out of the Catch in New York City, so I kind of have some bitter memories. Like security literally threw me out of the restaurant, and this was only just a few years ago. So I'm And I was why a little was that, pray catch. tell? Oh, I mean, um, just it's a long story, but the group I was with, our entire group got literally kicked out. Um, We may have been a little angry. Um, We got moved a a couple places because celebrities are coming in. We didn't like that, and we may have gotten a little angry, and they didn't seem to like that. So I'm a little Mm. bitter on catch, but I do want to try it. Um, We went to Javier's. Have you ever been there? No. It's, like, super up. Scale Mexican restaurant that is unbelievable. I had the most amazing meal. Changed my whole thought process on Mexican food and margaritas. Right, because you said I you didn't
1: like all... Mexican food. Okay, so this is oh, this is crucial. This is so different. This mm. is crucial. So now you're liking Mexican food, and I heard from an unnamed source that you texted, who works on the show and is based in D.C. and he's rather quiet, but I'm not going to tell you who it mm. was because we protect our sources here. Uh, he said uh-huh. that you had texted him about how you are about how you are now super into margaritas and you prefer tequila to even vodka, which is what I've been saying for a long time. And you said, "No, no, I don't like that. I'm a vodka girl, and I don't like margaritas or tequila." But apparently, that has all changed now that you have once again, finally, belatedly taken my advice on something,
0: Wyatt. I literally wrote in the text, don't tell Guy because he's going to think he was right. So, we'll talk yeah, about he, that later. But-
1: he may or may not, my source may or may not have read me that part of the text message as well.
0: <laughs> I love margaritas. I love tequila. Um, it, actually, I don't feel like, I don't know. I, I feel much more mellow with tequila than I do vodka. So, um, I don't know. I've kind of like changed.
1: So after all, you finally had a few weeks ago in New York, you had a margarita with white. You're like, wait, hang on. What is this magic potion? Like, of course she likes margs. Of course she does.
0: They are delicious. And you can get, like, different flavors. Like, at the pool, I had a watermelon margarita that was delicious. Um, The other day at (laughs) Javier's, I had, like, a strawberry one with tahini on the... Oh, unbelievable. I'm so... So, a tequila girl. Like, love it. Love, love, love it.
1: I'm not surprised. I just, you've deprived yourself of this for so many years for absolutely no reason. And you're coming around also on Mexican food, it sounds like.
0: Oh, this was like high end, like, like dishes were between 40, 50 bucks. So, this wasn't your average, you know, like. Yeah,
1: but some of the best Mexican food, Christine, is like street tacos. So, so delicious, especially paired with a margarita. I'm just saying.
0: Okay, well, let me stick with the high-end for a while. I mean, I don't even think we have a Javier's anywhere in New Jersey or New York, they told us. But um, it was absolutely delicious. Oh, I I can't even—probably one of my favorite meals. But we did go to a uh, steakhouse, Musso and Frank's, last night. Have you ever been there? I have not. It's very, very well known. It's back in the day where, like, you know, all the old Hollywood— Movie stars would go when they were done, you know, filming, and the producers, and it was very old. Like, the booths were red, and the room was dark, and, oh, we had a, a delicious, you know, steak, and we're spoiling Megan. She believes that, you know, every meal should be three courses with filet mignon, so we are ruining her for when. Well, I, I agree
1: entirely, and, and that's exactly what my tastes were at her age, and look, they created a monster out of me. So I just, you're going to have a daughter with some expensive taste, which is fine, I think she'll probably do very well for herself in life. That's my guess. I do want to ask you this. I think I saw on your social media, whether it was Twitter, at CookiesJar1988, or on your personal Instagram, did you make a pilgrimage, as I did, to In-N-Out Burger? I did it on the very last day after the show, before my flight yesterday. I went to the In-N-Out by LAX. It was swamped, absolutely packed, in the middle of the afternoon out there. And I got myself a double-double. I scarfed it down in about... 45 seconds because I was in a rush and also it was so good and I just want to say revisiting our conversation from last week in Texas it just is better than Whataburger and I'm sorry Texans who disagree people who call in and out overrated I think are catastrophically wrong it is very very good my opinion did you also go Christine if so what did you get?
0: Uh, we did go, and apparently I'm catastrophically wrong because we thought it was completely overrated. I believe oh. my husband's words were, "I feel like I'm just having a Big Mac."
2: Oh, we both no, got that's... the
0: double double, and yes. I mean we waited a long time. It w- there was a security guard like lining us up. The fries were almost inedible.
1: Yeah, the fries are bad. I didn't uh, order fries. I only got the double double. That's it, and of course a Coke yeah. Zero.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I didn't even think the Coca Cola was that good there. Um, I'm sorry, but yeah, Megan, I wouldn't go as far as Bobby and Megan, but uh, they both agreed McDonald's is 10 times better. I'm sorry, people of California. It's just. Wrong. It's, it's a total zero for us. We will not be going back.
1: No way. Wrong. Wrong. It's just incorrect. <laughs> it is so much better than McDonald's, and I don't dislike McDonald's, but. In-N-Out Burger is better. The Double Double is so much better than the Big Mac. It's so much fresher. Just, uh, it's just added to the list. Christine, she gets finally unwrong on something. Margaritas. She has to add something new to the wrong list. And apparently, that is In-N-Out Burger. When do you come back, Christine? Or are you sort of getting used to the climate and everything? You've got a job as a tour guide. You might become, I don't know, what a general manager at this Mexican restaurant. Or are we going to lose you to California?
0: No, I mean, fear not, Guy Benson. I'm still – well, who knows? Let's see. I got to hear how why, quiet Y did. I may or may not have a job when I get back there. But as <laughs> for now, you're still stuck with me. L.A. is nice to visit. I would not call this place my home. Could be yes, a Jersey, New York girl through and through. And I just have to tell you one thing. My daughter, the old soul she is, said to me, Mommy – Girls don't wear a lot of clothes out here. How come?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, because it's it's warm and the weather's nice, Megan. Maybe that's the answer. Very quickly, you said that I have to pick. I have to pick what you're going to do.
0: Okay, okay. Okay, ready? Now, do we rent a car tomorrow and do a all the way up to Santa Barbara and, you know, do a whole day Malibu, Santa Barbara, and then come back and just spend our time, you know, looking at different places? Or do we just go to Universal? You pick.
1: Well, since it sounds like you've done kind of Universal already and some rides at the Santa Monica Pier, Universal is fun, but it seems like you've kind of done that part of LA a little bit already. I would rent the car and drive up and down the coast because it really is stunningly beautiful out there and you should see that.
0: Okay. That's what we were we were leaning towards. We just want to get I just want to yeah. drive up the coast and feel like I'm part of Beverly Hills 90210.
1: Get a convertible, maybe have your your hair blowing in the wind. And by the way, now that I have encouraged you and given you the recommendation to drive the coast and rent the car, I just want to say have a great time at Universal Studios because that's obviously what you're going to end up doing, (laughs) the opposite of what I've told you. So enjoy that. We'll see you on Monday, Christine. Thanks for taking some of your time out of your vacation for the home stretch today. <laughs> I'm back here on the radio tomorrow, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, joining Brett Bayer and Special Report in a matter of minutes on Fox News Channel. See you there. In the meantime, thank you for listening. It's The Guy Benson Show.
0: I love tequila.
1: Home stretch. Happy Friday. It's The Guy Benson Show. From our Tony Snow Studios in D.C., thank you for listening. GuyBensonShow.com, our website, podcast, free, every day, on demand, plus Bonus Benson on the weekends. Speaking of this weekend, I am guest hosting the Big Saturday Show and the Big Sunday Show on Fox News Channel, Saturday and Sunday, respectively, as you may have gathered from the name of the show. That's 5 p.m. tomorrow and the next day, Fox News Channel. We will see you there. So this is an interesting story that we were debating actually multiple times this week. And we finally had time to get to it here on the program. The New York Post writing about a viral video that has sparked an online debate. It's from TikTok, and it deals with supermarket etiquette. You know when you're at the checkout line and you're waiting your turn and the person in front of you has their cart and they are putting their items on that little belt that moves forward, and then they scan it, and then they bag it on the other side. We've all done this. Yes, this is a universal experience. There are those little divider things, right, like maybe the size of a ruler. They're usually a little bit thicker than that, made out of plastic, that symbolize, like here, this is the line of demarcation between the first person's food— And then the next person's food. And I guess I didn't understand that this was so controversial, but I guess people are now fighting each other over whose job it is to put the divider down. Is it once your food has been put on the belt and is moving toward the scanner, then you put down the little plastic divider and the next person can start? Or... If you're the next person, do you see that their cart is empty and do you put it down and then start loading up the conveyor belt yourself with your food and your order? And apparently this is quite polarizing. To me, I think the most important thing I can say about this is I don't really care. I don't think that the divider is even necessarily essential in all circumstances But when it's a very crowded time at the store and there's a lot of food on the belt and you don't want to end up with food you didn't ask for or having someone else take the food that you plunked down there, there is a utility for this thing. So I have used it many, many times. I would say maybe around half of the time at a grocery store the divider goes down for me personally. And I had to really think about it because I don't, really care. I think I've probably had it happen both ways, where someone puts it down. I say, okay, that's great. Other times where I put it down. Is there an etiquette? Is there a rule? And I'm not sure there's a great answer to that. I don't think that there is a wrong answer to this. I don't think that one thing is clearly correct and the other thing is rude. Evidently, many people disagree. Like, there are strong, strong views on who should be touching the divider and putting it down and when. So if I had to describe the Benson take on this crucially important issue, I would say more often than not, I would put the divider down as the next person in line. I would see the person was done. I would see that there was a break where there was, let's say, a foot or two of naked conveyor belt where there was a clear break, and just to make sure, I would grab the little plastic divider thing from the slot on the side and put it down there and then start loading in my groceries. And I've never had anyone look at me weird or say anything. That seems perfectly acceptable, if not correct. Now, Dan, our engineer tells me that he is a, quote, stickler about this. And I don't even know what that means. Dan, what do you mean?
2: So I am very much of the belief that it's the job of the person who is up to put the divider down after you're finished. So you have, what, that's saying to the person behind you, I'm done and you can go now. And so it's just—it's that person's job. And if you don't do it—like, if I was behind you and you didn't put the divider, I'd be, you know, kind of looking. and be like, you know, you got to tell me you're done and put the divider there.
1: So you have the opposite view that I have here, which is—look, sometimes that happens. Sometimes a stickler like you will be up there, and, you know, so so (laughs) two-a-days is up, and he's loaded up all his groceries on the belt— and he has it in his brain, okay, I'm done now, and I need to signal to the next person that I'm done, and it's his turn or her turn, so I'm going to put it down. If you were to take the initiative and do that, I would appreciate that and have no problem with it. However, a lot of people are oblivious, don't use them at all. I don't want my food getting rung up for the previous person or taken by them. And so if they're not making a move and it's just all sitting there and I want to start putting my food on the conveyor belt and I can see that their cart or their little, you know, shopping basket is empty at that point, I'll grab the thing and put it down and start loading on my food. I mean, is that bad form?
2: No, I mean, but let's be honest, not using the divider just creates chaos. So, I mean, you have to use the divider. Generally you have to build a wall. Okay.
1: Walls work. Okay. It's a big, beautiful wall for the food. And I think that you can get away, as I said, without having the divider, if it's sort of a slow day and if it's very obvious that someone's completely done and you walk up and there's a lot of space in between, there are times where it's not essential. But when there's a ton of food on that machine... You've got to put it down, and if the first person isn't going to do it for me, I'm going to grab it and put it down, and I make no apologies. And, in fact, I'm going to the grocery store after the show today. Now I'm sort of wondering how this is going to go. Am I going to think twice? about Probably not. Actually, probably not because it matters so little to me. Plus, I often do the self-checkout thing at my local Whole Foods. Where there's no conveyor belt at all and there's no person in front of you, you wait until the entire station is available to you and you scan everything yourself, which, by the way, for the record, Whole Foods, I don't like. I know it's probably more efficient, but it's annoying And when I've got produce, for example, I've got to search for it on the little flat screen, and I'm typing out the word apple, and then they give me 17 type of apples, and I have to find the one that I think I remember getting. And they say, okay, well, you know how – it's now weighed. What kind of bag did you put it in? It's just a – it's a pain in the neck. I would prefer to have someone helping me do it in an expedited way where these are trained professionals. But I I might be in the minority there, where people enjoy just controlling the entire process themselves. Wyatt, you almost look like you're itching to weigh in here. There's a lot to unpack.
3: Um, this <laughs> reminds me of the, the the time we talked about the shopping cart thing when you go to the to the to the grocery store, and if you don't take your shopping cart and put it in the little shopping cart oh, area, yeah, then you're a bad person. Yeah. I remember that, that was a fun conversation. But I'm the type of person where if I'm going to the grocery store, I usually use the the self-checkout line. I think that's great. So I can bag my own stuff and someone hasn't touched any of my produce. So that's a, well, I enjoy that. But if I do go up to a conveyor belt, I'm going to, to put up the divider. I think it's your it's the person who's going up next. So the
1: next it. person up yes. puts the divider down. Correct. So you're with me on this one. Yeah. Oh, Dan, you've been outvoted. You and here's crazy. the thing. We're not not crazy at all, and the thing is if producer Christine were here, we could actually settle this debate because right now the vote is two to one, and if she were here, her vote would obviously automatically be incorrect, and then we would have our answer. We'd have the result at that point. Christine would vote, and then whatever the opposite was would be right, and that might be with you, Dan. I might benefit from this. I almost – this is weird. I almost can barely picture producer Christine at a grocery store. I just I feel like it would be overwhelming for her. I wonder if Bobby does the the shopping there. I've
3: actually seen Christine at a grocery store. She came to visit me once at the orchard that I used to work at on the weekends when I was back home. So I actually have seen her at a is grocery store. Is that a store.
1: grocery store?
3: It is though. They have it's like a it's a market, but it is they have conveyor belts, they have a pl- Like, you know, a bunch of different shelvings for food. It's all fresh. Was she overwhelmed? I mean, that place is overwhelming. So, yeah, I would be overwhelmed.
1: Okay. Huh. Well, she'll listen to this, I think, on Bonus Benson over the weekends. And you better believe we're going to get a text message in the group chat to her best friends. So we're all looking forward to that, Christine. Safe travels back from the West Coast, Cookie. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. The Big Show, Fox News Channel, 5 p.m. tomorrow and Sunday. I'm co-hosting that program back here on the radio Monday for more of the Guy Benson Show. Good night and happy weekend from Washington.
2: That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts.